What up, y'all? For real? It's been a minute. Been a minute. <laughs> Shouldn't have left you. Okay, stop now. Podcast. What to to. up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast, the insurgent bi-weekly audio syllabus for and by queer folks of color. I am Money, the serial student sit-inner. <laughs> oh, wow. That's right. <laughs> and I am Nikita, the boat-breaking bitch. Boat? Bolt, B-O-L-T. I snapped this um. bolt on a job. It was Wait. like it was like a thick bolt that really shouldn't have been snapped, but I did it. <laughs> Is that a good thing? I think no, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. But it sent a message not to fuck with me. All right, let's drop the intro. <laughs> Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vibe incite my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light. I'm loving your soul. They hate you, replace you, take you, but know that you go. Worldwide from every continent. I just want you to jig a little bit. Move them hips, feel that bliss. Hug your sis, make a fist. Don't resist your temptation. You're amazing, no limitation. My favorite in this matrix. We move by your vibration and that's love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. I hope you hear that on a daily, cause baby, you love, you love, hey. Wow, Nikita, it's been so long since I've asked you where folks can find us. It is. Let me see if I can remember. People can find us on Instagram at QueerWalkPod, P-O-D. That's also our handle on Twitter, so at QueerWalkPod. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash QueerWOC. P-O-D. And you can also find us on Tumblr, where this whole thing began, at QueerWalk.com. And where can they listen to us? They can listen to us on Pocket Cast, CastBox, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, and all of the other major platforms where you can listen to podcasts. Exactly. Money and I are the hosts of this Wonderful, illustrious, bi-weekly, insurgent audio syllabus. But it takes a community to make all of this happen, make it all worth it. So, money, Mm -hmm. we host, but how can other people contribute to this here community? I am so happy that you asked because y'all contributing is the only way that we keep this thing going or get it back on the rails when it goes (laughs) Yeah, wow. Um, you can contribute to this here program in one of two ways. The first way is by sharing your coin to keep the mic on. The Skrilla. The as Skrilla. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh-uh. Um, we're going to leave that in 2019, just so you know. We're not. <laughs> so you can contribute monetarily one of two ways. One is uh, on Cash App, dollar sign, queer walk, pod, P-O-D. That's a non-committal... Um, donation, you can give as much or as little as you want on the Cash App. Or if you would like to be a regular contributor, you can become a patron over on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash queerwalkpod. And if you become a patron, you get access to some patron-only exclusives, including my dope-ass playlists that i Wonderfully. I'm- 
curated. Yeah. If I they're, must say they're so good. myself. They're good. They're good. They're all right. The second way you can contribute to Queer Walk is by loving us out loud. Do the R's. Rate, review, request a topic, repost the episodes, retweet us, and reply. Use the hashtag QueerWOC or QueerWOCPOD to talk all things to podcast, to tell me about your terrible tomato tender dates as well. Um, or you can send us an email or submit a Queer Walk of the Week or a Curved Chronicle at QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. That's also the way to contact us if you would like to flu or trund us out. And for those who may not understand <laughs> what that means, if you want us to come and talk about any and all things Queer Walk related. Uh, everybody wanna... who's listening knows what that means. Maybe we have new listeners since we've been off for a second. You're right. Welcome. Oh my gosh. This might be your first episode. It is. Hey. Hello there. Hi, you. So, do you have a book club? A community group? (laughs) Are you a student at a university? Well, you can bring us out. Lost my train of thought. You can bring (laughs) us out to do a live show or to talk anything and all things Queer Walk related. Hit us up at QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. And don't be don't be bringing us out nowhere and trying to offer us no fifty dollars or nothing. <laughs> Look, I understand. You know, yeah. I understand, especially for like smaller community groups, yeah. grassroots. Trust me, I understand. Yeah. But if you had a big university, don't be saying a hundred dollars in a thing of triscuits. That's not gonna cut it. <laughs> and we gotta find our own way there. We gotta yeah. find our own lodging. All right, we're going to move it on along to the Queer Walk, Queer Walk, Queer Walk of the Week segment. You got it. I don't know if you still got it. You, I, I, had, I ain't never I lost it. To, I never lost it. I, had to, I was born with it. Two, and a, you, no, you and, <laughs> I did. Why, why you get on this mic and tell these tales? <laughs> I had to like. The audacity. Be a conductor. Uh, yeah. you know, the only thing you up here conducting is mess. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so, you got the Queer Walk of the Week this week, Nikita. Okay. Not Robin Crawford. Oh, Nikita not... is so messy, y'all. We're not going to talk about that. She got Robin Crawford. No. Everything pulled up. <laughs> okay. Nikita, we talked about this before we started recording. We said that all we had to say about Robin is that she fine. There's so many other important things there are. that can be said about Robin. There are. But okay. All right. You know what? She is so fine. Oh, my God. Lord, rest. Whitney Houston sold, but she had taste. I, oh, my God. Obviously. Oh, my God. Um, so, we're just going to put a little asterisk. So, Robin Crawford is not the Queer Walk of the Week, but Nikita, what you got to say about she's Robin? Because this the, can't wait. She's obviously. the Queer Walk of the decade. The she's, Queer Walk of the century. The, the Queer Walk of, of our generation, I want, truly. I want her to be my Queer Walk. <laughs> you know, this is getting real tricky, calling, you know, the older uh, lesbians aunties because... Yeah, it really Ooh. is throwing a wrench in things. It really is. I'm I'm not calling Robin my auntie. Bust down Robiana. That's all okay. I got to say. <laughs> Truly. Oh, my God. I saw okay. this picture, and I was just like, that was you, Whitney? <laughs> I will always love you, and I'll be your baby tonight. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you want from me. And um, yeah, that's what, that's what what she wrote that. that you know, she had a suit on in that video. <laughs> oh my! I, I'm so I don't even know what we're doing anymore. I just I can't get Robin off 
Oh, my I God. see you had all her stuff pulled up. So can can you just tell folks a little bit of who Robin is? So she just released her autobiography. It's called A Song For You. Yes. And um, so it's a chronicle of her life and love and relationship with, you know, the late, great Aunt Nippy, Whitney Houston, Lord rest her soul. Mm-hmm. And so... I said, oh, God, that that was a death that really, that, it, really it shook me. Yeah. It shook me. It, yeah. it still shakes me when I think about the fact that Whitney is no longer with yeah. us. Um, but anyway, she's been um, talking about her book, and um, it's just been really interesting to see or hear, like, the conversation around Robin. Yeah. Um, like, a lot of, there's so much debate about whether she should share this. Mm-hmm. Information, mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of ridiculous because it's her life. It's her life. You yeah. know, like it's this her is, life. Yeah. It's not like she's just being like messy. She's sharing mm-hmm. like a really, you know, integral, like intimate um, part of her life and herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and Whitney's, with us. Been, Whitney's been gone for a minute. Yeah. Like I know it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It's a huge loss, but yeah. she has. But I don't think that she, it, like, it's, it doesn't seem. Like, it's not some kind of eg- egregious, seedy, scandalous yeah, thing that people are like trying salacious. to... Right. People, I think people are really trying to make it out like that. And then there's these questions about... And it's also not a lie. It's not... Wow, money. There it is. Like... There's, what else is there to say? Period. Like, what did Audrey say? What, what can uh, people do when you listen? What, what can, can people do when you tell the truth but listen? That's it. There it is. It's, again, it's her life. Mm-hmm, like, she, I, think, mm-hmm. I think she's uh, entitled... To share those parts of her life. And you brought up a good point when we were talking off mic about mm-hmm. what did Jada Pinkett say about Robin? Oh, so people have been sharing that clip um, of Jada's uh, and Robin talking on Red Table Talk uh, where like Robin is talking about basically Whitney making a decision to end the relationship with her in order to have a singing career. And Jada is like, ooh, that's that's sacrifice. That's power. Mm. I'm like, no, that's, that's oppression. That's homophobia. <laughs> that's that's oppression. Yeah. That's what that is. It's like, and then they keep talking about like in that time. This was the 80s. Yeah. Like we're not talking about. Sure. This was the 1980s. We're not talking about the 1880s. 1880s. Sure. Like in what time? This is still the like the current social climate that we navigate. Yeah. You know. Um. And so, yeah, it's just weird to me the way people are like celebrating. How they had to give up love. Yeah. They loved each other. That's it's awful. Like, yeah. Like, oh, we, we have to end this relationship because you have, like, such a talent. Yeah. And it's like... No, and you, you have... It's not... No, it's not that you have a talent. It's like, people will... People will be less inclined yeah. to appreciate your talents and gifts right. if you're queer. Right. I, that's That feels like an important yeah. distinction. It, it And again, it's also the same thing that people navigate now. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so yeah. So we just wanted to send love to Robin. Absolutely, in, and, and in all ways, in all forms, with and without clothing. Uh, I don't. <laughs> what are you trying to get at here? Actually, I'm right there. I think with you, you know what I'm trying to get at. All okay. right. So the queer walk of the week this week. Nikita. Okay. So I'm so excited about this uh, queer walk of the week. This is a person who I know. I was about to say I know them personally, but I feel like we've only met like one or two times. That's personally. Right. So, uh, Queer Rock of the Week is Edna Bonham. Uh, excuse me, Dr. Edna Bonham. <laughs> and who is Edna? So, Edna is a historian of medicine and science, a former biologist, 
and an organizer, activist, a long time radical. And um, so her work is really looking at the relation, like the interworkings of disease, gender and surveillance and um, embodiment. And so she's teaching in uh, Europe, in Berlin. And so she's, I know she also does a lot of stuff around um, diaspora and migration and healing. And um, she also is a writer and you might have seen one of the pieces that she just uh, recently wrote for The Nation, actually AOC, who we love here, um, retweeted. Ocasio-Cortez. Um, I was about to say another um, radical baddie. And so the article that she wrote that I saw a lot of people sharing, uh, it was about uh, black folks in debt. And it's called Debt is Holding Black Americans Hostage. And so in this article, she's talking about, you know, debt and how black people need um, reparations and like debt forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, AOC retweeted that. And also adding to the illustrious list of things that Edna does. She's doing more? She also has a new podcast and it's called Decolonization in Action. Yes. Where she's unpacking uh, decoloniality. And so, um, again, remember I said that she does all of this stuff around science and medicine. You know, I always try to sneak in science and things like that because Montanique won't ever let me talk about those things. That's not true. Um, so she's doing a lot around decolonizing um, science. And so you should listen to... She just started the podcast. And so I think there are like four or five episodes. And so I'm just I'm just so excited to be able to um, highlight her. And if you want to follow her on Twitter, I love her uh, Twitter handle. It's um, Jacobinar. So it's like Jacobin and Noir. So J A C O B. What's Jacobin Nikita? J A C O B I N. O I R E. And so, you know, like the book, I'm thinking about CLR James because she's yes. also from Haiti, Black Jacobins. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was like the revolutionary wing mm-hmm. of the Haitian revolution. Mm-hmm. So, I just, just an all around badass. And if How I did. How did y'all meet? Uh, so, we met through um, just being socialists. Oh, and just, also, <laughs> um, Edna is also just very fierce and very fashionable. Mm-hmm. So, just. Fun, fierce, and amazing, and sharp. So y'all be sure to read her article. We'll put a link um, to her Nation article on debt. We'll be sure to put a link to her podcast, Decolonization in Action. And uh, we'll put a link to um, her. She's got a full webpage, too. So be sure um, to check it out. And I've just, just lastly, the reason why I'm so interested in science is because and like especially when like black folks and queer folks are talking about it is cuz you know there's all these ideas that science is inherently like white and rest western and racist and so it's like a lot of that stuff needs to be like her the title of her show suggests needs to be unpacked so mm-hmm. that's why i think that that's really important and so thank you edna for being you and for doing all of the wonderful amazing radical badass black queer stuff that you do Mm-hmm. And, and just looking flying fierce while you're doing it. Yes. Shout out to Edna. All righty. Dr. E. Dr. E. Ooh. I just can't stop thinking about Robert Crawford. Uh, Nikita. I'm sorry. We're going to move it on along to the community contributors segment. Um, And Nikita, can you please explain what the community contributors segment is? So like I said at the top of the show, like the community and this and the queer walk, you know, world milieu is so important because not milieu. Yeah, it's a milieu. <laughs> anyway, it's just so important because it's like we could record a show and put it out. I mean, we, we could do that. 
<laughs> but if there was no way to like engage with or to yeah. like be in community or relationship mm-hmm. with, none of this would matter. So this is the I say all that to say that this is the section where we hear from you all. Yes. And it's it's really one of our favorite segments. It truly is, yes. So yes, this is just the segment and the section of the show where we get to hear from the folks in the queer walk community. Or one might say we get to hear the contributions from the community. Okay. Um, would you like to start with the new patrons? Yes. So, thank you so much to, is this, I think it's Liali mm-hmm. and Space and LG. All became new patrons. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, thank y'all. Thank you so much. And, I mean, these names are wonderful. Liali, Space, LG. Don't yeah. you want to be cool just like them? <laughs> well, you can be. <laughs> If you, too, decide to become a patron, we have some suggested amounts, but again, no amount is too small, and no amount is certainly too big. Yeah, and shout out to everybody who's out there editing their pledges just so that they can ma- maintain and be a patron. Yeah. I see y'all, too. Thank we, you. And we appreciate that. We, we do. Understand. We understand. We get it. All right, so now I'm going to do the um, town shout outs. I just won't <laughs> say small <Yeah>. anymore. <laughs> Or also, though, you know, the subheading of this is money and Nikita need a deep geography lesson. <laughs> it's all stolen land anyway. That's what I was about it's to say. It's all stolen land. Borders are fake. <laughs> ah, ah. That's the real name of this part. <laughs> so, we want to send a shout out to Green Bray. Green Bray? Oh, I've never heard of that. Green Bray, California. Yeah, Green Bray, California. East Lansing, Michigan. We've shouted out East Lansing before. Well, they're in the top ten again. Oh, okay. Well, th- well keep doing what you're doing, East Lansing. Right. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Well, shit on they shout out. I'm not. And Bloomington, Indiana. Isn't that like the capital of Indiana? Is it? It's either Bloomington or Indianapolis. I think it's a big city. I thought it was Nap. Indianapolis. I don't know. I, I think it's Bloomington. Oh well, it doesn't matter if it's Bloomington, if it's Indianapolis, or anywhere else. No matter where you are, we just appreciate the fact that you listen. That whatever part of this colonized land that, that you, you reside yeah. on, that you're in our top ten. So yeah. thank y'all so much for listening, supporting, probably sharing with your friends. Yep. <laughs> um, thank you. Yeah. All right. Oh, so wait. I want to do this so you can read the email. So, uh, we want to sh- send a quick shout out to Missy for sending us so many amazing topics. Oh, because, really. Oh, Lord. We be, oh gosh, our topics. I mean, not today. We have a lot yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah. today. But, woo. Sometimes it's like. Drop. Cricket. Like, right. It just be real tough. You know, if you want to hear money and I talk about which fabric is more breathable, cotton or polyester, <laughs> you know. That's that's what it's like when we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. So thank you so much. Um, that's definitely going to give us a lot of material to pull yeah. from these next few episodes. Or we could just have a five-hour um, episode talking about how fine Robin is. Continue, Nikita. <laughs> I mean, I could at least go for 10 hours. Okay. So we have an email from Howie. Um, I'm pretty sure. And I think that this is local, Howie. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I think so. So... Howie sent us an email and it says, Hey, money. Hey. Hope you're doing well. Surviving. Hope you're doing well. 
surviving this mid-semester push. I love the mental moment on the last podcast and have been thinking a lot about rest. Wow. You are probably already aware of the Nap Bishop and her Nap Ministry. But just in case, and then how he sends a link to the Nap Ministry. That we'll put in the in description this of this episode, yeah. And how he goes on to say, so powerful in reframing the entire concept of rest and personally transformative for how I think about my own investments and narratives of productivity equaling self-worth. That's right. That's a capitalist construct. And how that grows out of white supremacists and capitalist frameworks that <laughs> yes, I was raised with. Yes. This shit is deep. Mm-hmm. I sincerely appreciate the space you created to think about it from so many angles. Well, you're welcome. Thank you, Money. And thank you, Howie. You know, I actually had to go back and listen to my own mental moment um, this weekend about rest. To remind yourself. Yeah. And just as a flashback for those of you who this might be your first episode or didn't catch the last one that I did sans Nikita. Um, I talked about like seven different types of rest that we need and that are very necessary. Indeed. For our mental well-being. Okay. So Nikita's on the wave of shouting out, um, Fine ass aunties. So stop calling them aunties continue? because they're not related to. Me. I know <laughs> they're not related. To <laughs> they are no kin to me. <laughs> so, um, Hanifa, shout out to Hanifa from the uh, another amazing podcast you should be listening to. You, you gay it. aunties. Yeah. And so Hanifa wrote us about something else. But if you go back and listen to episode 75, The Queer Walk of the Week. Or any of the episodes that Nikita has ever mentioned. Cheryl Dunye or The Watermelon Woman. Anyway. anyway, She's found a way to work it into every episode. I'm going to work it into every episode until the day that I die. So anyway, (laughs) Hanifa, this is an important part of queer history. Okay, tell them. Tell the children. Hanifa... From your gay aunties, also a musical phenom at another point in her life, contributed music to the Watermelon Woman. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm pretty sure it was like an Eric Darnell Pritchard article. I think I talked about this before too, where they were like, "Is the world ready for like a lesbian rapper?" Which you know, fast forward 20 years, and Young and May is on the co- exactly <laughs> Young and May is on the cover of Out 100, but. Um, Hanifa was like quoted in that article yeah. too. Yeah, trailblazing ass, trailblazing ass. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to Hanifa and yeah. go check out your gay aunties, please. If y'all like us, y'all gonna love y'all them. gonna love them. Yeah. All righty, so we are gonna move it on along to. My favorite segment. I know I just said that about the community contributors. You, yeah. And so it's it's a hard tie mm-hmm. between community contributors and the next segment, which is the mental moment with money. And so this is money. So what is the mental <laughs> moment? Money is a limited license therapist. Um, soon to be full license. Soon Thank to you. be finish them hours. I just got to take that uh, $400 exam. That's it. <laughs> anyway, I say all that to say that money didn't just wake up one morning and just be like, I'm going to just make some shit up. This is just em- come sit on my couch. Right. This is empirically <laughs> supported stuff that she's learned and practiced in the field. And so she gives us all sorts of insights and tidbits into all things related to healing and mental health. So without further ado, money, take it away. Thanks, Nikita. Well, I'm burnt out. 
That's okay. That's okay. So, you know, all the credentials in the world as a mental health uh, therapist cannot prepare me for living life as a black lesbian. So, um, it's been it's been a rough yeah. two weeks. Yeah. Um, acutely rough on the oppression front. So I I've just been like really, really I feel like ground into the dust. Yeah, I I don't have any, you know. Empirically supported mental health tidbits for y'all this week. I am I'm trying to grab grasp onto some myself. Um, my favorite bestest therapist left the counseling center, as most counselors of color do at SU. So um, SU being Syracuse University. Yeah, SU as in hashtag not again. SU. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, yeah. So I just I'm trying to find a new therapist. I am. I'm, like, taking on new clients every day, it seems like. Um, and I'm still teaching and doing all these other things. So, I'm really tired. Yeah, being yeah. a big sister. Oh, oh, yeah. So, what I actually wanted to talk to y'all today about in this mental moment has been something that has been just helping me in the wake of, like, not really having a therapist of my own. Um, so, I think... One, I can't remember who said it or where the quote comes from, but I just remember um, hearing at some point in my life that, like, folks who were, like, fighting for, like, equal rights for um, people of color, uh, black feminists, even, um, you know, folks like Harriet Tubman who were actively um, de-enslaving folks um, were, like... uh, they were writing like Afrofuturism, you know, like they yeah. were they were imagining futures that nothing in their material condition like allowed for them to believe in. Yeah. And so I remembered that as I was trying to think of a mental moment for this episode, because I've been uh, taking in a lot of fiction lately. Um, a lot of novels I've been reading, uh, some like comic books and stuff. And those things actually really are like the the manifestations of like uh, when you allow yourself to just like imagine a new world a different world and I think in a lot of ways that's the same thing that like activism does it's like you're fighting for a world that we've never even seen yet but you go ahead I'm sorry but you like fully believe that is possible what you was gonna say it's just my favorite chant is we are unstoppable another world is possible yeah oh I never heard that one that was lit let me write that down I like that one. Yeah. Um, you know, my favorite is cops and clan go hand in hand. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So I wanted to tell y'all four like works of fiction that have been keeping me afloat, uh, in these, these trying times. Okay. So the first one, I think everybody, you know, um, since August has really been on, um, Toni Morrison, like I think folks who had maybe not looked into her writing before, like after she passed and everybody started sharing like how much she meant to them and yeah. how she was like a uh, grandma, uh, standing grandma for a lot of us. Like a lot of folks started looking into her. And so I have been, uh, I had never read Sula because Sula is actually my great grandma's name. Oh, wow. And Yeah. And so like, I just. I don't know. I feel like after my great-grandma passed, I couldn't bring myself to read Sula. So I've had the book for a long time, but I just never read it. 
And so I like sped read it on the plane to San Francisco. And I was like, oh, this shit is good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. It's like, it's like drama, tragedy, like funny, all the things. It's just like a, it's just like a close up of a black girl friendship that seems kind of gay to me. But, you know, I won't take it there. Barbara Smith wrote an essay about it. So I ain't got to do that. But, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I encourage y'all to read Sula. It's a quick read. I promise you, you'll be halfway through the book before you even know it. Because it's juicy, girl. You them pages just be turning. You be like, what? I haven't read Sula. So this, <laughs> I have it, but I just, I've never read it. So this yeah. is like, this is going to be the thing I think that'll push me to finally read it. Yeah. So it's like. Uh, I was about to say, what's the, the premise? Um. Oh, I can't remember the other girl's name. So, Sula is a, like, close-up on this friendship between Nell and Sula. But it's also about their moms and, like, their lineages of how they came to be the black girls that they are. Mm. Um, And how... I don't want to give it away. So, it's like... It's just really deeply about their friendship. Oh, okay. And... Like, how they came to be who they are and then how a, a collision that happens in their friendship informs the women that they become. Okay, okay. And, yeah, you just get this, like, it's just, I don't, Tony is an incredible writer. Like, Absolutely. I ain't got to say shit yeah. about to, the Tony right. Morrison. But, Ooh, like, Lord, rest her soul. you just get, like, such, you feel like you're in the bottom, which is their neighborhood where mm. they grew up. And it's just, like. Um, just like this black universe that you get sucked into. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I can't watch Black Panther no more. So I'm like, I need some, <laughs> other, <laughs> I need some other way to be sucked into a black universe. And Toni Morrison is, you know, obviously a way to do that. So I encourage you all to read Sula. Okay. The next book that I'm going to suggest is actually a series of comics, but it's Bitch Planet. So Bitch Planet it's not by a black woman, but the <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, but the characters that draw me to Bitch Planet are um, black women, and a lot of the characters in Bitch Planet are women of color. Um, so the author of Bitch Planet is Kelly Sue DeConnick, and this is a series of um, comic books that are about this like um, this time in the future where basically rich white men have colonized a whole nother planet mm. into a prison for non-compliant women. Wow. And basically non-compliant women are like feminists. Yeah. <laughs> like women that they don't deem attractive. Um, bitches that just ain't with the fuckery, you know? So, right. so, uh, so they have, um, Okay, how do I not give too much away about Bitch Planet 2? So, yeah. So, like, there's this whole other planet where there is a prison for non-compliant women. And then there's the, the like, tension in Bitch Planet is that there's this really, really violent um, game, kind of like football, that the ratings are slumping. And so, they're like, how can we get the ratings back up? So, they decide to make a team out of the women who are imprisoned at Bitch oh Planet to play, like, the... All American boys team, oh, basically, wow. and you know, the the <laughs> black feminist future ensues from there. I was like, say. oh my gosh, um, Kamal. Sometimes, some days you just want to wake up and be Kamal. Um, she's she's like the leader okay. of the team, um, at least in the first book, anyway. And like Penny Roll, who like 
Um, oh my gosh. I don't want to give it away, but it's just so good. Okay. okay so I won't, I won't say because I don't want to spoil it yeah. for y'all, but just please check it out. It's like, um, you know, all the surfacey, uh, uh, flowery words that people use to describe things like, oh, body positive and da-da-da. Not that body positivity in and of itself is flowery, but the way people just label anything body positive. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, you're wearing a crop top. You're so body positive. It's like, no. this The way these characters are written, even though they're not written by like um, women of color, they... They feel like black women to me. They're okay. not just like paint characters yeah, yeah, that are painted yeah, 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 yeah. black. Yeah. Or characters that are painted fat or characters that are painted yeah. disabled. It's like they actually put time into developing okay. these characters and they're, you know, it's a comic book. So they're like superheroes. And yeah. I fucking love it. Um, love it, love it, love it. So check out Bitch Planet. Okay. My third suggestion is actually erotica, so cover your ears if you're not into <laughs> Oh, wow. So, it's a book called Black Girl Love by Anandra Cat Williams. And so, I, I like this book because it's a bunch of short stories, um, and they're all nasty. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, Black Girl Love is, like, quite literal. Like, we get a lot of, um, it's a lot of sex in this book. And it's... It's short stories, so, you know, I like that. You can put it down, come yeah, back to yeah. it. But when I say this book is so good, it's so good that I emailed um, Anandra and I told her, like, the impact this book had on me. Of This is the first black lesbian erotica book that I read. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, my God, I love it so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for writing this. And she replied oh, and asked me, asked me for my address and sent me her second book. So, yeah, what? yes. So, yeah, some erotica, y'all, that good. So, um, wow. y'all have to check out Black Girl Love. I think it's on... Um, the website that shall not be named, cause oh <laughs> the, yeah, <laughs> but um, it's really it's really cheap. I think it's like eleven dollars. Um, and yeah, I mean, what's better than short stories of black lesbian erotica? Yeah, doesn't get any better Ooh. than that. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, there's this one about like fighting with your ex. Mm. Mm. You're just going to leave us with that little titillating yes. tidbit? Yeah. I don't want to... I don't... I'm trying not okay. to spoil. Okay? Uh, just read it. I appreciate it. it. I appreciate it. Just read it. Okay. And last but not least, for... You see... You know, I have the time to read. I essentially get paid to read mm-hmm. <laughs> as a, a teaching assistant and a therapist. But um, for folks who might not have the time or who are, like, on the go a lot... I wanted to pick one that you could actually listen to. So one of my favorite ways to keep up with fiction is listening to LeVar Burton Reads. It's an incredible podcast, and it's LeVar Burton. I mean, right. he I feel like he's been reading to me ever since I was since born. I was like, yeah, like five. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just continuing that. Um, if, you, if you don't know, he has a podcast called LeVar Burton Reads, and on one of the episodes, I'll put the link in the description to this episode, but the story is called The Simplest Equation by Nikki Drayden. And, oh my gosh, y'all. So it's a, you know, it's a gay <laughs> story um, between a, a, like, 
a lesbian girl and then like an extraterrestrial lesbian and they like meet in a differential equations class and did you write this is it are you nikki jordan is this your pseudonym money some people call you nikki too don't yeah they? yeah montany is this shameless self-promotion no no i wish differential equations <laughs> extraterrestrial lesbians montany shout out to nikki drayden because i it literally feels like you reached into my brain and pulled out like my junior year of college fantasy um but <laughs> this is so cute it's such an amazing play on like long distance lesbian relationships it's just so cute y'all have to listen to it on lavar burton reads or um it's available for free because it was published like in some kind of magazine um before she put it in her book the simplest equation y'all oh gosh you have to listen. talk about <laughs> Interracial love. Try intergalactic love. Intergalactic, okay? interspecies. Oh, interspecies. Um, yeah. So, and it's a short story, you know. So, oh, it's so cute. I'm just thinking about it now. I was like, oh my gosh! I started tweeting about it after I listened to the episode, and then I went and read it because I was, you know, I always wonder like, does it does the story have the same impact when you read it? Oh yeah. my gosh! It was even better reading it. So, so yeah. So these are my four stories. To help us, like, imagine a black queer world, a different yeah. type of black queer world. This is fantastic, Money. These, yeah. are, I, these are, like, these sound really riveting. They're so good. That's why I want everybody to read them. So, Sula, for the, you know, the friendship that might not be really a friendship. You know, did we just keep in this Whitney and Robin energy going? Yeah, truly. Uh, <laughs> Bitch Planet, Black Girl Love, and The Simplest Equation. All right. And that was not a list. It was a list. Money, let it go. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. And now, our bi-weekly slash bi-monthly word <laughs> with our womanist, worker, wordsmith, wizard, Nikita. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, actually, we are going to... This is going to be more of like a tag team. It should be. Sort of uh, word this week. So, um, it's so funny. My grandma's birthday was yesterday, and I'm trash. I forgot to call her, so I called her today. Mm -hmm. And so, she was watching CNN. She was like, what's happening at that school up there? What's happening at that schoolhouse? At that schoolhouse. <laughs> so what we're going to talk about today is the hashtag not again SU movement that's been happening. Uh, it's a black-led student movement happening at Syracuse University. Mm-hmm. And just uh, just like a little uh, disclaimer, is we wanted to interview some of the kids, but there, it's like right before their Thanksgiving break. Yeah. And those babies are also, they've been doing a tremendous amount of work. Yeah. And so they are also just dog tired. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I like personally haven't been involved, but Money is a student at SU. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of our good friends have been like really involved. So I've yeah. been like hearing the 411 through them. And I went up there like just like a hand, like just like two times. <laughs> saying it like she our parent i went up there <laughs> i mean you know so it's like i I'm, i say i'm laying all of this foundation to say yeah, yeah, that yeah. it's like like this is not me just like 
Like I, you know, I think it gets dicey and hairy just to like to like talk about things that you're like not like directly involved in. But it's just something that's that what we you wanna... do all the time with the word. I mean, I feel like I'm reporting on like things that reporting. I'm getting a little uh, <laughs> big headed. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not a journalist. <laughs> but like, this is a close to home issue. Yes, it is. And so that's why we wanted mm-hmm. to amplify it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you know, because people might wonder, well, how come you don't just get the people who are directly involved? Because it's break. It's, it's break. It's fall break. Yeah. And yeah, folks went home. I I am hoping that we'll be able to like talk to folks when, yeah, when they, get, they back. get back. Yeah. Um, but also, like I was telling one of these little raggedy ass new house journalist um students, it's like people are actively organizing and um like resisting, you know? So it's yeah. like to pull them away to do an interview is like sort of insensitive yeah. in the moment. And so um, a lot of times it is easier when the when the heat isn't as like yeah, yeah, yeah. active. Like they were literally occupying an, a building on campus for yeah, eight days. Eight days. Yeah. So, um, so you did you do you want to start? Where do you want to start? Like what kind of kicked off in these past two weeks? Or how? I would let's I would say let's talk about the current, uh-huh. and then we can intersperse some of that history. Like you do so well. You know. All right. Okay. So. So you were actually there at the beginning. I was in California. Yeah. So let's just kind of lay the, the scene about what's been okay. happening. Set at the SCU. scene. 3,000 degrees. degrees. <laughs> Ain't worried about that fuck, Chancellor. <laughs> okay. So. All right, y'all. So Syracuse is wild racist, right? Like. Like. Yeah. Like. Like. I know every place is like impacted by racism and like white supremacy, but there, what has, what has really fucked me up in the past week is realizing that there is an actual like white supremacist, like it's like an, it's organized. The sense that I got, like it hasn't been confirmed yet, but the sense that I get and we'll get more into the details is that there's like a nascent growing group of like actually organized white supremacists on campus right right so so i'm just gonna uh, okay there are so many other incidents um but i'm just gonna give us like what happened in the last week that sparked the uh the the occupation right the sit-in so um on oh my god so essentially there were 10 hate crimes 12 12 Hate crime slash vandalism in the span of 10 days. Yeah. Right? So, um, the first was on November 7th. Uh, and this was when uh, the bathrooms in Day Hall on the 4th and 6th floor, which Day Hall is, like, uh, one of the biggest dorms on campus. And it's also, like, a, a lot of... Uh, so, okay, yeah. So, not only is SU racist, but it's incredibly classist. And so, the dorms are really separated by... Like, who got money, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. like, um, when I first got here, a lot of folks of color lived on South because, like, South Campus was more affordable. Yeah. BBB is kind of like the hood. So, like, students of color live over there. Day Hall is one of these buildings, right? It's not one of the fancy-smancy, state-of-the-art dorms where, like, mostly white kids live, yeah. right? Um, so, Day Hall was vandalized. The fourth and sixth floor, there were um, racial slurs towards black students and Asian Asians, students. Yep. Um, spray painted on the wall. They also like bust out the hallway lights. And so it's like literally like you have to walk in the dark yeah. if you want to go, which is terrorism, right? It's yeah. like 
um, now you're afraid to walk in the hallway of the place where you live. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that kept getting like overwashed and like not overwatched, but like looked over in yeah, a lot yeah, of the yeah. reporting on this is that these attacks were on residence halls. So you're you don't feel safe where you actually sleep. So that was the first incident, right? The spray yeah. painting of slurs on the walls, um, the busting out of the lights in Day Hall. Um, then on the 13th, uh, der- uh, more derogatory graffiti targeting the Asian community was found in the physics building on campus. And this is that's the center of campus, y'all. Yeah. Like the physics building is literally on the quad. The next day, <laughs> a swastika was found. Um, on Walnut, which Walnut is again one of those streets that's it's like, like main the, the main yeah. street heart of campus, right? The day after that, the third floor. So now we got f- three, four, and six of the same dorm, Building, yeah. right? So they're like targeting where students of color live. Yeah. Um, it was vandalized and more racist graffiti found, right? On the 16th. A large group of Alpha Chi Rho members, which is a IFC white fraternity, um, actually about 20 of them, surrounded a black woman, a black student on campus and attacked her verbally, calling her the N-word. And you know, like what's so wild about this is like, like two fraternity members did the same thing to me when I was in my car like right. a year and a half ago. So this is not new. And the Theta Tau. Theta that? Ta- I, the Theta Tau video was, was like two a year. Years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even that long. That was last last year. Oh right. Um. Well, they were they were hollering on video ableist uh, slurs, anti-Semitic and yeah. anti-black right, slurs. Too. Right. Yeah. Um, so we know that the white frats at SU just, you know. I mean, oh God, racist. I don't need, just let me go on a little small tangent and rant here. It's like those th- white, those white fraternities are just bastions of yeah. wealth, white supremacy. They just need to be fucking banned yeah. and abolished and torn down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. just, oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. No, I mean, I totally agree. And then, okay, so just quickly. Um, so then the university responded, um, suspending all fraternities on campus, which first of all, wasn't even one of the students demands, but (laughs) so it kind of paints the the student movement as if it's attempting to do something that is really not. Yeah. And it's, it's racist within itself because NALFO, which is, uh, the National Association of Latino, uh, frats and organizations, NALFO's fraternities ain't out here, um, Surrounding black women right. calling in the N word, NPHC. I was like, did the the divine right, nine ain't doing that? Yes, yeah. the the multicultural Greek council, which is like the Asian um, historically Asian fraternities and sororities, are not out here um, attacking racialized yeah. people. Like this, the, it is specific that it's the IFC fraternities. Right. So to ban all fraternities, it once again further disenfranchises like black right. or black students on campus. Right. This is this is disproportionately hurting us. And one of the students, when I was like doing hair, because <laughs> I was like, y'all just need like a break, right? And so yeah. I was doing everything I could to just make sure that people were holistically healthy. Um, they were saying that if you add up all of the MPHC members in undergrad at SU they don't equal one of the ISC that, right. fraternities. Exactly. So it's like, 
like all of us being like banned or put on um, social suspension yeah. and all of that. Like if there's only one undergrad alpha, like this is yeah. impacting black students more than yeah. it is. And, which, it, and it doesn't address the real it issue. Doesn't, it, does, like, it doesn't deal with the with the 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 growing out of control white supremacy on the campus. Yeah, like the MPHC and NALFO and MGC wasn't the ones who uh, hazed a white boy so much that he had frostbite and had to have two toes removed. Yeah, um, they wasn't the ones who had a video leak of them. You know, hazing people exactly. through like this racist, anti-Semitic. Like we know which fraternities yeah, it is, and exactly. so to pr- to punish all fraternities is racist and fucked up in itself. Um, so yeah, so that happened. The next day, um, more swastikas um, on Haven Hall. Um, isn't that ironic? Haven mm. um, uh, spray painting swastikas on Haven. More uh, racial slurs towards African American students. Um, and more racist graffiti at Sadler Hall, which is another um, dorm. And then, again, that night, more graffiti popped up. This time, um, racist slurs against Asian students. Um, so you can see there was a pattern. They yeah. were just tag teaming. Like, who going to spray paint the N-word? Right. Who going to spray paint the C-word, basically? Right. Um, and that's just where the timeline on their, um, the official notagain.su, um, Instagram stops. As we were occupying, they were occupying the space, more stuff was happening. One of the, one of the most harrowing incidents and the reason, and this again, this is my opinion, why I think it's like an actual, like organized, like a growing group of organized, um, people, students, Mm -hmm. maybe it's not students, um, but it's somebody um, that at the so at the Bird Library at like two a.m. Yes, somebody airdropped the the white supremacist shooter manifesto. Yeah. I think from one of the shooters mm-hmm. in New Zealand. Right, and so it's like this. Yeah. This is why I'm like this isn't like this isn't just the so like some random right, like white right, boy who's right. being a who's being a total racist and being an asshole. But I'm like this. This seems like somebody who was like could like committed to terrorizing to yeah yeah and like who who wants to like be with other people who's like trying to recruit that that's what that's what it sent to me i mean there was not excuse me there was a racist email yes uh sent to um a professor who's a latina and jewish yes and and the way that i understand it is that like the professor um like i don't think people know that this person is jewish so, like, she isn't, like, like that's not, like, her teaching focus or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it seemed like the person did research. And so it just, that's what it seems like. Um, like, this is somebody who's, like, actively organizing to make it so that um, black folks, Asians, and Jews yeah. don't, like, are not on campus. Don't feel welcome. to go yes, to make, yeah, going to yeah, yeah. make the environment feel as hostile to them as, as possible. As possible, yeah. Okay, I could get into so many criticisms of... Uh, this fuck-ass chancellor, but this is also one of the tactics that he uses in his emails and his, like, public um, statements, right? He separates. He says that uh, the students of Not Again SU, which he never, ever says black students, right? Never. Not one time. Right. Um, We're just supposed to be coded, like, right? That, I guess, black students are subsumed under that. 
because he says the students of not again SU, international students, which not all Asian students are international right. students, but you're racist. Right. So of course you think that. Um, and I met with Jewish students. Right. right? He so, never say specifically the, I'm dealing with like the anti-black exactly or, or the concerns exactly. that black students have raised. Never. I not hadn't one even time. thought about that. You're so right. Yeah. And like th- there were literally students sharing their stories of being all of these things, right? Yeah. The, a black international student who is Jewish, you yeah. know, and it's like you his his ways of naming all of these communities as separate is violent and it's also not addressing that like black students are impacted by all of these things yeah so whether you're talking about international students whether you're talking about jewish students you are talking about like a hostile campus environment for black students period asshole um yeah and so and so uh, in i don't want to say it's just in response to this because i think that's doing a complete like that's not giving the undergrads credit. This is this is history, yes. And like they they are such skilled organizers. Yeah. These undergrads that it's this obviously isn't just a response to these racist incidents on right. campus. Like they have been building I I don't know where I've been. I don't know why they haven't been in my classes, but but like they have obviously been building like a a consciousness raising yeah like network on campus yeah i would say probably since the theta tau video cuz yeah. they were too young they weren't here during um the general body sit in right that so, was in 2014 that was in 2014 so since then obviously like these students have been building a momentum and yeah. and with all of these things happening they were like, this is it. Like, this and, is you, the- and that is, to me, that is like the beauty of the name. Yeah. Not right? again. They're like, not again, SU. Yeah. yeah. We're we not finna let y'all keep doing this. Right. And I love, because it's future focused, like this will not happen to another incoming class That's exactly of black students. It. Yeah. But it also um, puts them in this like legacy, this history yes. of student yes. movements yeah. on, campus, on campus. That like, we have been protesting this shit, y'all, for literally decades. Like, I have I have only been at SU for, like, six years. But I know about so many movements. Like, the Syracuse 8, who, like, before, before Kaepernick, this was in the 60s, yeah. were kneeling during football games to protest the, like, racist treatment yeah. of, of the football staff. Fucking Ernie Davis couldn't live on campus. And, but, and they Be- had the but, unmitigated goal uh, to name a building after this A black- dorm! Uh, the, one of the most expensive dorms to live in on campus, you name after this black man who couldn't even live on, on campus, campus because he was a black student. Right. And, oh my goodness, so many, like, f- um, from the occupation of um, the building to take over and demand African American Studies Absolutely. Department at SU, um, from the student movements to demand the Office of Multicultural Affairs at, uh, uh, Office of Multicultural Affairs at SU, like this, uh, the students protesting um, the Vietnam War, Vietnam War and SU's like integral role in like funding shit, like right. students have been protesting the anti-blackness on this campus and uh, and other movements for so long. And I love Not Again SU because it's like, this is a history. Y'all have a history of fucking up. Yeah. And this, this isn't just like, 
oh, what do you know? Like this week long spree of race of yeah. race and hate crimes. No, this is this is a history yeah. of this campus treating black students like garbage and treating marginalized students like you are nothing but the money that you pay. Yeah. And so the students um drafted a list of demands. They gave Kent scissor hands. <laughs> I love that Yanira calls him that because he just cut everything. He cuts everything. He cuts everything. So Kent scissor hands. Um they gave him what I thought was way more than enough. I think they gave him like ten days yeah. to to negotiate, review um their demands. To sign on to and the to demands. sign yeah. them. And just in his regular fashion, the same way he did with us in the TGB, he waits them out. He misses the deadline. He opens up all these uh, whack-ass forums, right? And yeah. Nikita, when I tell you I've never been prouder, like, I felt like their big sister so much in that moment. Because we sat through... With the general body, we... Oh, okay. I think I need to say this for people who are listening. So, the general body was a collective of more than 50 student organizations that came together right at the beginning of Kent Severud's um, tenure as chancellor here in 2014. After, again, like racist sprees, he closed... The first thing he did when he came on as chancellor was he closed the rape advocacy center the sexual assault advocacy center on campus that sparked um a whole change.org um thing that got over 2,000 signatures to reopen it um like he just came in he cut paris noir which is like the a study the abroad study program abroad for program. black folks black students on campus one of yeah. the study abroad programs he cut the posse program folks who might be familiar with posse is basically where a whole group of kids from your city mostly uh, kids of color, come to a, a specific university. Um, he cut all those programs, right? And so it's important. This So the because uh, Money and I and a lot of the people who, who we now consider like really good friends and comrades. Yeah. <coughs> we, were, uh, we were involved in the general body movement. And I think what's important to understand about Kent uh, Sivrud is like, his whole, like, he was brought in specifically um, by the board of trustees to take the university in a different direction. Yeah. And, and it was a direction. And so when you think about, like, the kind of same way we talk about, like, austerity within, like, the broader society, meaning, like, cutting everything. Yeah. Right? So that's that's what his um, whole thing was about. It's about getting rid of, it's about cutting um, programs and things that are important for marginalized and right. oppressed students. Right. And shifting the energy in the direction of the university to be able to court more of, like, conservative billionaire money. Right. Right. And right. that was the whole direction. Because the, the previous chancellor, and I don't want... I, right. I right. think right. people always hear me, like, romanticizing Nancy Cantor. I'm right. not romanticizing not. her. But her initiative was, like... Um, what was it? Scholarship in action. Yeah, right? yeah, so she, yeah. She was really into breaking down this divide between the campus and the community. Not in the gross, like, um, like, like gentrifying way, yeah. but in the way of, like, how can we get more people from the community to participate on right, campus? Right, right. And how can we get students off campus and into the community? Because, like, I remember hearing her say, because she was still chancellor in my first uh, semester at SU. And I remember her saying, hearing her say, like, 
people come to a place and get a degree and never know about the place. Yeah. And she doesn't want that to be the case for students who attend Syracuse, right? Right. So Kent came in changing all that shit, right? right? Like completely doing the opposite. Right. Shutting, literally shut off campus from the community, built a $6 million walkway right. um, so that the buses would have to reroute and like you would never have to interact with the city of Syracuse. Right. Um, and the, the campus already like literally sits on a hill. Right. So you you don't have to come off the hill at all if you're an SU student. Um but what I what I was saying is that uh yeah, so that's that's what the general body was. Like uh we just got together, we occupied the administration building for 18 yeah. days. Yeah. I I won't get into that cuz I don't want to cry on here, but like they really fucked with us during TGB and like we just never had the amount of folks not that not a, that not again SU had. It was not. Yeah, it did. It like we had some protests that like got into the hundreds, but like the 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 support yeah. on campus was pretty was pretty piss poor. Yeah, marginal. <laughs> yeah, and minimal. But and I also think to um, I think the important thing of like trying to go through this history is that we this was right at the beginning yes. of Kent's tenure, and so right. I think that the benefit that the students from um, the Not Again SU uh, movement is that so they they've known about the general body, and then there was another movement after the Theta Tau thing, mm-hmm. which was recognized SU. So they have like a living memory right. of in the all last the five fuck years. shit that has happened yeah. un- in the administration. Yeah, in the last five years, yeah. there have been three major student-led uprisings yes. against the chancellor. Right. And so that's another thing that I feel like they built from, right? Absolutely. Like, like um, and and that uh, DPS couldn't terrorize them in the same ways that they did and us. And DPS is Department of Public Safety, That's which is a, a false, which is a misnomer. It's basically the police on campus. It's the police on campus, yeah. I don't even remember what I was saying I'm about sorry. like why I needed to explain what the general body was, but... Was and is. Yeah. Because, like, so many of us are still in contact. So, so many of us, like, showed up to support. Yeah. Not again. And, Absolutely. like, see this, see this as, like, an obvious outgrowth. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, About the demands. Because we were so many student organizations coming together. Um, that we had an extensive list extensive. of demands, and they were radical, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about like divest from like fossil fuels yeah. and like, um, like you know, um, pri- private prisons and like stop all of this yeah. like veteran corporatization stuff. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. you know, we, our demands were like really radical of like uh, imagining a different type of university. And so we had those kinds. We had diversity, equity, and inclusion yeah, yeah, yeah. types of, uh, you know, SU is just a completely inaccessible campus. Yeah. So we had a whole list of, like, accessibility demands. Yeah. Um, we didn't even have an ADA coordinator. I mean, and the university <laughs> would never say this, but um, in the wake, that's one of the victories of right. the general body. In the yeah. wake of the general body protest movement, SU finally got an ADA coordinator. Yeah, yeah. But of course they're not going to attribute that to then, the student They movement. would never say it's because of us. Or even, um, like, expanding um, the mental health services on campus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's still not enough. But, right. but yeah. So, I point this out to say, none of those things were materially addressed. And that's why not even five years, almost five years to the date, 
we're having another like uprising by students. Yeah. Because had had Kent actually addressed all the demands that we had, like this this the campus would have like been a different place for the undergrads. The reason he could get away with not addressing those demands though is mm-hmm. just because we did not have the momentum right. and the power right. that the students had. Right. And this is from my memory of the general body, I think we did definitely have those um, radical demands, but because there hadn't, I think in recent history, there like there wasn't a, like a protest movement that we there could draw wasn't. on. Yeah, I still think that there was like a lot of hesitation within the group. So I think that mm-hmm. like I think a lot of people were like they ha- they had trust in the administration. Yes, they wanted to absolutely. believe absolutely. that. So what? Because one of the things that the administration tried to do was like, oh well, like we'll meet with you all, and they're like, okay, you know, people thought that. Oh, they're meeting with us. They're and listening. talking with us. Yeah. It's like that's not. That's not what they were doing. And so I, I think the thing that I've been most blown away with by the Not Again SU students is their fucking militancy. They, okay, that's what made me bring this up. So we, how many forums did we sit through as the general body? Too many. So fucking many. many forums. Uh, I mean, even just over the time we were occupying the space, there was at least three Right? At least. So, so they occupy the barn center, which let me tell y'all, the barn center is this new $50 million, $50 million building. building supposed to be all for health and wellness. I just thought about like the symbolism of these like um, black led student movement taking over this like health and wellness building. Yeah. The shit was just lit. Right. It was lit. Um, but they have one forum with him, right? And that they organized on their schedule, right? Yeah. They're like, no, we, we, nah, we don't care where you doing your little like diversity shit. They actually had to cancel it. Like he had scheduled this like basically administrators going to talk about diversity for yeah. all these um like ain't shit faculty of color yeah. that are way down on the list when you talk about like actually changing campus climate yeah. um, and anti-blackness. They had to cancel it because the students were that, like, they had that much support. Like, people being like, nah, this is not cool. This yeah. is not okay. There are students occupying barns right now. So they have this forum with him, and they're like, you're going to hear our demands. You're going to sign them, or you're going to resign. Yes, yeah, sign That's or it. resign. Sign or resign. That was a slogan. We, they were like, we gave you more than enough time yeah. to to give us any kind of feedback. He you never went back and forth with us. We gave you a deadline. You missed that deadline. So now you gotta resign. And so there was basically just one person is like, so are you gonna sign or not? But you have to explain what this how fucking packed. I wasn't there. Okay. But you have to explain I, how I was packed there. that motherfucking forum was. I was there. So this is this was in Hendrix Chapel, y'all, a which is a huge chapel on campus. Chapel, it was packed. It was at capacity. They were doing one in, one out, like it was the club. They were like, no more people can fit in, and basically we was like, fuck your fire codes, because that's always what they used to try yeah. to get us with. Oh, fire code this, fire yeah. code that. Fuck your fire code. You ain't worried about my safety when people are spray painting the N word yeah. in my dorm. So you ain't worried about my safety now. And so it was so packed. That nobody could get in the doors yeah. of the chapel. I don't ever remember a time five years ago that ever. that many people never, never, never. Like they just had such. So, they galvanized campus, Nikita. Yeah. They like. I mean, it was like 
I mean, you could. It was just. I just feel like it. The the sense of support was just so motherfucking. So big, it's just yeah. palpable. And 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 my thing was, I had to be on campus because I was teaching. And campus was a ghost town. Yes. There was nobody anywhere. You had um, professors coming out their classroom being like, are classes canceled? Is there a storm coming? The only place that there was life on campus was in the protest. And I have friends who are professors on my um, friends list. And so this was after that white supremacist manifesto went out. A lot of people were can- canceling yeah. classes because yeah. they were like, I mean, if you think about the the... the the really horrific moment that we live in where there's, like, some kind of shooting every other day. And so, like, this is also a sign that, like, um, and I think that this is a really, a point that really needs to be stressed is, like, Kent, as a chancellor, he completely and utterly failed. He fails. Because people were terrified, rightfully so. Yes. Because you have white supremacists roaming and, you know, terrorizing yeah. people. And so people are like, and so I had friends who are professors who were like, students are emailing me left and right saying, I'm not coming. I, I had 11 emails that morning before I even got to campus. And my office hours start at 9 o'clock. And they're like, we, we don't, like, this is a real fucking threat. Yes. We're not going to be there. This is a there. real threat. Yes. And yeah. so they they go to this, so they go to the so forum. They, yes. Sorry. I feel like I'm I'm actively processing as we talk about this. So, and and there's also history, right? Cause yes. Because we, yes. we were a part of a sit-in. Yeah. Five years ago. And now this just happened. So, yeah. So they go to the forum in mass, like, mass. as a... As a fucking, like, force. Like, these kids, they just, they took over Hendrix Chapel. I just had to think about, like, the show of student power that they did. Absolutely. Administration was shaking in their boots. Like, you know they were shook. And um, as one of the organizers said, we love to see it. (laughs) Because, like... There was they were so outnumbered, you know, and so they they go in, they pack the chapel, and they like you gonna sign or you gonna resign. He he did all you know all the things. Well, but, but, all, but, but, you know, this the is BS. a hard thing. Oh, this is so hard yeah. for me. My wife is a woman of color, and they got up and walked out. And I and this is what I want to stress because this is, this is the point that I wanted you to get at. And I really want to underscore why it's so important that they walked out. Because the lesson that I've learned, whether it was through the general body or through other organizing, is that people in power... So what, let me tell you what the purpose of these, uh, these fora are on campus. They act as like some kind of express valve where students go, you air your grievances, yeah. and, it, and the, uh, the administration makes you think that yes. they've done something, yeah. and they have actually not. What yeah. I'm trying to get at is that these forums are shams. Right, right. And so... It is so powerful and it is so important that students walk out because they're like, we know that this is we, bullshit. Yeah, because if we stay in this space, you're going to make it seem like you actually did something Exactly. For us. So they did not allow that to happen and they Absolutely. got up and they walked they, out. And they not only walked out, marched they, that they marched out. his house and called for his resignation. Yeah. Like, I, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going to cry. I've been crying like all weekend, like just thinking about this. I'm I've been crying proud tears yeah. because um I felt like my only role in that space was to protect the kids. Yeah. Because l- them left to their own devices, 
I mean, we see how powerful they are. Yeah. Like, not so many, like, news sources, outside people. Yeah. The alum have been like, we have no confidence in Kent Severu yes. as a chancellor. Um, the fucking governor. governor Who's also Qu- ain't shit. Yeah, he, I mean. When you got an ain't shit leader saying, you yeah. not ain't shit. When you ain't shit. When you, you got, ain't shit. When you got Kamala Harris saying you ain't shit. <laughs> Lock him up, Kamala. When you got Gabrielle Union right. tweeting, like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. like the I all I felt like I had to do, they didn't need to hear my old ass history of like, yeah. back in my day with the shit. No. They didn't all, need it. All they needed me to do was to keep people to fuck away from them, to not let people try to like cushion yeah. their demands, yeah. and to just let them go. Because those kids fucking got it. They got they it. They got it. They got the basketball team, which I didn't even know this, but after Kaepernick, the NCAA changed their regulations and made it virtually impossible for, for student athletes, athletes yeah, to, do to any protest. Kind of protest. They can't do anything, yeah. basically. Even if you cough wrong on the court, you'll, right. you'll get some kind right. of fine, right? So they're like, we can't do that, but we could wear the hashtag on our warm-up shirts. And I, I mean, never in a million years could the general, in, within the general body, could I have imagined never. any athlete, athletic team and SU men's basketball is like SU men's basketball I mean, is, is to what other schools football is exactly like it's like yeah, that good yeah the, I think um the isn't isn't the basketball coach like the highest paid person the highest paid person yeah so that's what we're talking yeah. about yeah and it's, and again that just and so I saw in the local paper one of the uh players said you know they you know they're they're trying to navigate exactly, the NCAA exactly. um regulation and he was like you know I support this blah 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 and this is important and you know I, something like you know I, you know I like being a part of the community the SU mm-hmm. community but it's like at the end of the day I'm still a black person yes, so yes. I support that's why I, yeah. I wanted to show my support and, and it's just like again, and I just also want to say um black women athletes never get the credit that they deserve yeah. for being um activists and being like fuck your contracts right fuck your regulations because all throughout the days that i was there i got there on monday and i was there like unhealthily too much throughout the week um i saw like my students oh my gosh ugh, i said i was gonna try to get through this without crying. i saw like my students who are black women on these athletic teams i saw other black women athletes in the space and they just always show up they have just as much if not more to lose and they were always there absolutely and it just and they do it, it it's like they come in their full you know su athlete I, gear the day that i was there i saw them right yeah because it's necessary yeah and it's like they have they know right they're like i have to have like su track and field su basketball yeah. su soccer so you know like this is i'm at the end of the day i'm a black student on this campus that's right. and this impacts me too that's right um yeah so they just they just had it i was like when i got there um, you know, I had been I had been texting with Sequoia and like messaging other people. I literally got off my plane, took a shower, went to work, and I left work and went straight to the sit-in. Um, and I was thinking I was gonna be met with like some like terrified, unorganized <laughs> kids, and instead I was met with. The most skilled young organizers I have ever been in community with. When I first got to SU, let, let me try to the the kind of the, the kind of black students that I encountered. These, are, these ain't the same black students. Because I, I keep asking. 
Because, I mean, you brought up our friend Sequoia. I feel like mm-hmm. we talk about her every other episode. She was like, I mean, she was, I mean, I mean, she was like a revolutionary den mother up she in was, there. She was, She yeah. really provided a lot of uh, support. But um, the kind of, the kind of student, black student in particular, that I first met at SU, they mm-hmm. were always like, just so grateful that this- We're, that we're all orange. It, My black bleeds orange. They were just always so grateful that they had been able to be at a fine establishment yeah. like SU. And there was always- That was them. And, yeah. and, you know, always afraid to rock the- These kids- These- Nikita, they went- When- <laughs> One of them said, I know we in a church and I don't give a good goddamn. Our friend Ernest- uh, he put po- he put up a status because he he was there like when the, when the ship first popped off, and so what they do and they 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 did this with us and they it's, it's one of their strategies they bring they trot out these black administrators so a yeah. black face in a oh, high place, and what and what he posted was one of the kids was like told one of the administrators these black administrators I mean they just called it they were like one of the black kids said about the administrators to the administrators face. They got can't got y'all out here looking, looking like, like motherfucking boo boo the fool. Yes, I was like, that's the best analysis <laughs> of black faces and high places done equal liberation that I've ever heard. And Nikita, when I just knew that they had it the minute I walked in, I was like, oh, y'all ain't got all I gotta do is keep people away from y'all to try yeah. to twist y'all message. Yeah, because when when they said this is your deadline, yeah, one of them was like. And you know, Syracuse University academic policy says that you don't accept late assignments. Ooh. So we're going to hold that. We're going to keep that same energy and we're not accepting your yeah. late submission of signing our demands that Ooh. you edited. And then they, and then, oh my gosh, Nikita, they were on the phone with again, one of these boo boo the fool. What time of the day? White, you need to tell the oh, people what time of the day. Like two in the morning. This is two, how shook this is, yeah. the university so was. So they're on the phone at two in the morning with one of these boo boo the fool black administrators who's like, will you accept his demands if he signs now? They were like, we gave you a deadline. You didn't meet he it. He didn't meet the deadline. We said sign or resign. He has to resign. Yeah. Ciao! And hung up the phone. When you got motherfucking <laughs> administrators yeah. calling you yeah. at 2 a.m. saying, is this is this sufficient for you? Yeah. That is nothing but motherfucking power. Pow- power. That's power. Power. And that's, that's like... All I want them to recognize is like the the organizing that they did and and like like hearing hearing what they were saying about how they were organizing. It's just like they they were just sharp. Like I don't yeah. know no other way. That it was just like laser clear on what they had to accomplish. Yeah. And nothing was gonna stand in their yeah. way. Yeah. And I just couldn't be prouder. I I like I just couldn't be prouder. I'm like, y'all are doing this for all of us. Yeah. Like, for ev- for every wave of students who has, like, fought SU, who has taken on yeah. the administration, who has tried to get, like, our stories told yeah. about how traumatic our experiences yeah. are at SU, they, they did that. They did that. They were like, not again. And, I mean, the, the chancellor ended up signing, but it's, like, too little, too late. Too late. Too late. You gotta go. You still even, gotta go. Even... It does. It feels like him signing was just like um, symbolic of how powerful they were. Yeah, absolutely. But you still gotta go. Be- I mean, because I mean, to have a week and a half 
of emboldened white supremacists and you do nothing? You do nothing. You do nothing. You, you fail. It's it w- there were literally y'all, there were literally FBI um like SUVs all black tinted out riding through yeah. campus making sure that a mass shooting doesn't happen. But you don't cancel classes? You don't cancel classes. You send out a weak ass email about how like um there's been there's been no like physical assaults on campus, which was a lie. Yeah. Like this this girl got whole surrounded by white men. Twenty white men chanting, calling you a nigga. Right, right. Fuck you. Right. Fuck you. Right. Um but but more than that, you send out a list of six things to do to stay safe on campus. If I got to do all this shit, if right. I got to download an app, right. if I got to maybe just cancel classes. The, the same way when we talk about rape culture, we're not finna be out here telling right. uh, uh, women or other folks exactly. how to not be attacked. What Especially, and here's the thing, it's like the leadership, like you're at the top. You right. have the ability to yeah. set the standard to be like, you know what? We we have to shut this shit down right, right motherfucking now. Right. This right. cannot continue. Like we this is like we need like an emergency intervention. There, that's that's the thing. It's like that's why again I'm so proud that they walked out of that forum. Cause in these forums, he always does this shirking power shit about like so one of the um, one of the demands was to change the the student code of conduct. Oh well, so, I'm not so in that charge of that. Exactly, so that there can actually be some wording in there about having zero tolerance around hate crimes, and that it means like basically yeah. automatic expulsion. And he, well, it would be unfair to change that in the middle of a semester. This is an emergency, is nigga. A, yeah. Like this is an emergency. You have had twelve hate crimes that that not just. The students are calling hate crimes, but the governor of the state are calling hate crimes. Yeah. And that the FBI is calling hate right, crimes. Right. What white supremacy is not something you put off until next semester. <laughs> like what in the living fuck is wrong with him? Yeah. You gotta or, go. Or uh it's actually not my call to cancel classes. The provost uh is the one who cancels classes. And and it's Oh my gosh! I feel like only only a, a black analysis could be like nigga. They spray painting nigger. And- right. <laughs> right. And, and this and- this is just it's one of my hugest pet peeves because it's something I've encountered in organizing so much and talking to people with power. People with power always want to pretend like they have they no ability have to act, yeah. like they can't you, act. He is at my undergrad. We had a president and we had a chancellor. Kent Severu is the president and chancellor. Yeah. He holds both of those roles at the university. If he say classes is canceled, classes, classes is motherfucking canceled. That is clip. He he can he has the power to email everyone in the in the entire yeah. university yeah. at once. Yeah. He's the only person on campus, only person that, can on campus that. that can do that. If you send out an email that say Classes are canceled. We're not doing Classes that. are canceled. Yeah. It don't matter if it's officially the provost's role to do that. Yeah. You can do it. You can do that. This is a state of a motherfucking emergency. It's a state of emergency. And my my biggest thing about it was you don't get to decide that campus is safe enough. Right. You do not get to decide. If the FBI is literally riding through my campus to make sure I don't get shot today. Right. I get to decide that it's not safe. I mean, beyond the FBI, when you have scores of students and telling their professors, I'm not I'm not coming, coming. That's a motherfucking emergency. So, I mean, I'm just... It, this. I just feel like this past week and a half has highlighted his failure 
Sam as a chancellor. Yeah, he's got to go. The past five years. The past five years. The past five years have highlighted. His tenure is nothing. It's nothing but a complete and utter. It, it was morally bankrupt. And it's, it is a complete and utter failure. He should leave his head. He should hang his head in fucking shame and get out of here. Yeah. He should leave. Yeah. This is the same chance. I mean, he came in closing the rape crisis and he's never yeah. made a statement about the rampant sexual assault on campus. And not, they sent out, because I, I still get the motherfucking emails and I read them just to piss myself off. They sent out this thing in regards to that about, um, like violence on campus mm-hmm. and they still sending out stuff about what you can do to protect yourself yeah yeah i guess sexual assault. yeah i'm like you don't take yep. this shit seriously they do You're not trying empowered to bystander trainings every semester and i read in the thing i read in that same document where this is like it's almost like a direct quote where they say when we talk about like assault on campus we don't want to focus on the survivors or the perpetrators yes exactly. we want to talk about how empowered bystanders yeah. it's like Tell motherfuckers to stop, stop raping. That's it. That's it. And 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 you and you, we don't allow rapists on campus. Yeah. And if and if this is what you're gonna do, if you're yeah. gonna assault people, then you gotta go. Right. Right. Th- that's what you could do. Yeah. That's what you could do. He at every turn that he could where he could have done the ethical, the moral, or the righteous thing, he's chosen. He's chosen the bullshit path. Yeah. So keep choosing. You know, he, every time he wants to go to the right in all respective terms, take your ass right out the motherfucking door then, kid. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Um, I I feel like we've been going on for like 40 minutes, right. so we should cut it. But yeah. we just wanted, first of all, we wanted y'all to know, like, why there haven't been episodes. Yeah. Like, campus... And it's not just campus. Um, Syracuse University is one of the biggest employers Employers, in Syracuse City. Um, And not anymore because it has gentrified Syracuse City so much. It's actually probably one of the largest employers in Onondaga County because people are traveling from other parts to come work here because they can't afford to live in the city no more. And so this... This is like where we live. This yeah. is where I study. Yeah. This is where, you know, I'm trying to and and it's just been like so much coming up for me. And you too, Nikita, yeah. about how like cuz I, I I feel like I've never said this, but I was pushed out of that motherfucking university. Yeah. I'll tell that story one day, but not today. Yeah. And and the other day, I kind of like collapsed and I got really sick because I knew I was trying to wait to the weekend and I knew when I took the top off of the bottle that everything was just going to come, come out. out. Yeah. But so many women of color, particularly queer ones, have been pushed out of yeah. SU. Pushed out, undergrad, out. Undergrad, master's, and PhD. Absolutely. Like, when I could sit here and list off the top of my head 10 queer women of color yeah. who never finished at SU. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it is a targeted attack. It is a hostile environment. Or finish, but went through hell to finish. Finish, yeah. 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 So, um... Um, so yeah, we, like, we wanted to tell y'all this to let y'all know what's been happening in case you haven't heard about hashtag not again SU, but more so I wanted to talk about this because I just want to celebrate. Oh my God. I keep calling them babies and my kids because they're like 19, 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they're like babies to me and I felt so, so protective of them on every front, whether it's, like, kicking out these fucking cult people or keeping reporters away from um, stopping these, um, you know, fuck-ass faculty who are just trying to do nothing but secure their positions in the university and, and like, twist and thwart their demands. 
um, keeping the black graduate students who are in the space, who are more interested in like networking with one another and trying to like de-radicalize the undergrads. Like I, I felt so protective of them from all of those spaces. So I keep calling them kids. They're definitely not kids. They are skilled young organizers. They're skilled young babies. That's okay. That's okay that they're babies. But y'all just have to know how incredible they are. Like, like half my tears were because I was, uh, experiencing PTSD symptoms, but the other half of my tears were just being so proud of them. Yeah. So proud. Like they, they did, they did what we tried, what we to, tried do. to do. What we tried to they do. Absolutely. Shook, they shook yeah. campus. And I want, I just wanted them to go home for the Thanksgiving break. And so if any of them listen to this over feeling, the break, feeling so motherfucking proud you, of what you y'all have, have done. Let, I need y'all to know that this was a victory. A, a huge. This was a victory. Yeah. These you sent a message to these white supremacists on campus yeah. that they y'all are numerous and as APG would say, fragrantly alive in the sight of your ancestors. Yeah. Yep. Y'all sent a message to the administrators that y'all will pack out one of the biggest buildings on, on campus. campus. Yeah. Y'all sent a message to these you know, flaky ass um, faculty of color. That was the most attended faculty um, Senate meeting. meeting. They were, again, turning people away at the door. They never seen that kind of showing. Y'all scared this this campus to do right by students with marginalized identities. And y'all have to feel like this is a win. I am so proud of y'all. And I love y'all so much because I, I just have never... I feel like I've processed the academic pain that I've been through at this yeah. university, but not the social yeah. or the personal pain. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I felt like because y'all had this win, I have been able to do that. Yeah. And yeah, I just love y'all so much. And it's just like, you know, I think so much that I think that there's a quote from um, Francis Beale in the Black Woman's Manifesto. And it's something like like once you have had a taste yeah. of um, power or something different than the old racist capitalist regimes, you can't go back. You can't go back. Because it's like yeah. once you win this, you say, well, then what the fuck else can we yep. get? Yep. You know? And so yeah. it's some of the some of the finest organizing I have ever seen in my lifetime. Even Even just like small things of like, we are out of water, right? And yeah. it's like, oh, the water fountain is miraculously shut off and not yeah. working. You know, it's like they got a wall of water. A you, wall, yeah. A wall of water. It had like to be thousands of bottles. Thousands of bottles. People support it. And I think even that, it's like um, you feel so alone. I always say this, but like the vi- the very real impact of trauma and oppression is to make you feel yeah. as if you're the only one. And so so people who are not just physically in the space, but even like alum and people outside yeah. being on Google Docs, helping them write stuff, yeah. donating money, sending a wall full of water when they cut the yeah. water off in the bill. It's like like y'all have support and, yeah. and y'all just sent a message. Like I, I was going through the hashtag on Twitter and just seeing all the alums who were like, I graduated in 2000. I graduated yeah. in 1970. And like, yeah. like all these people who are supporting. Who have your backs. Who have your backs. It's like, I know you sit on, you sit in these um, classrooms and you're by yourself, but you're not by yourself. And that's another win of this movement. Absolutely. It's like, you know, I was talking to my little baby Sora, who's like a part of it. And she was like, um, you know, this is what, 
this is sad that it had to take this, but I've met people in this space that these are the people yeah. that I wanted to meet. Yeah, that's you right. You know? And so, yeah. Yeah. I made it through without crying. It would have been okay if you <laughs> cried. No. Because when I start crying, I can't stop. Oh, yeah. We ain't got time for that. <laughs> yeah. So, hashtag not again SU and these two old fogies from the general body stand, stand in full solidarity with you and we call for Kent's resignation. Yeah, get the fuck out. Kent gotta go. What fuck, did, what fuck did Ari Lennon say? Get the fuck out. <laughs> All, right. All right. Get that fuck <laughs> What the fuck is you talking about? <laughs> Nothing, because you're going to be gone. <laughs> Kent gotta go. Bye. All right, so we're going to move on along to our topic segment. And our topic segment is just where we cover some question or, like, what are you looking at me like that How for? do you, you, like, well, how do you normally describe the topic It's segment? just the segment where every, something that we want to talk about that don't really fit yeah, into Yeah, you be doing the topic segment so just, You know, I'm, okay. So, um... What did we want to do for the topics today? Well, we're just going to try to, I guess, catch people up on... Our lives? Yeah, what we've been up to. What you been up to, Nikita? Tell people where you were. Well, I was out of I was out of town for work for like six weeks mm-hmm. because work was slow in our region. So we didn't have any work. No, I was Lynchville? I was in some rural part of Pennsylvania. Um, Lynchville? No. It's something. Might, I mean, might as well have been. <laughs> um, so I, I was actually on one side of the state and then I got called to go to another side of the state and then I got back here and like this is usually the slow period so another job came up so um I took that because like the the winter is usually slow for us and um I didn't want to be poor for the holidays really yeah so (laughs) I know that's so wild right (laughs) so I was doing that I so missed you when you were gone yeah I miss you too um it was so cute. We were sending each other these audio messages. That yeah. was a lot of fun. It was, I got to find a way to um, put these in the archive, you know, so when they do the documentary on your life. Yeah, on our lives. I could be the messy friend that was like, well, you know she wasn't shit. Here's this voice memo wow. from 2019. Wow. <laughs> um, what else has been going on? Um, celebrated an anniversary. And again, just oh I just can't, can't stop talking about Cheryl Dunye. She just keeps coming up. So the boo, oh my God, it just brought me to tears. It's, oh God, I want to get emotional thinking about it. So um, I'm way more sentimental than her about like anniversaries and just things like that. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, okay, go ahead. That's what? Nothing. No, say it, come on. It's just, Nikita, I think you're about as sentimental as a toaster. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, wow. So, the fact that you're more sentimental than... I mean, bo- we're... In the grand scheme of things, both of us are, like, pretty, like, not <laughs> sentimental. But I'm, like, rel- relative to her, I'm, like, more sentimental. <laughs> okay, okay. Which is, like, not, very, not saying very much. <laughs> so, anyway, she got me this, uh, this huge framed poster of the Watermelon Woman yeah. movie poster. Yeah. So... Where did she even get that? She said somewhere on the interwebs. She got me in a really sweet, cute card. So, I don't know. It was just... It's just very sweet and um What'd you get her? I'm making it. <laughs> so nothing? 
<laughs> no, I'm not, I don't want to say because she listens. Oh, that's right. So it's a it's a surprise. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. It's just you know I don't, I don't want to gush too much on here, but go gusher. No, 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 no. I go ahead, I don't, gusher. That's disgusting. <laughs> um, that's no. I really don't want to do that, but you know. I just, I just love her so much. Nikita's in love, y'all. You know, we're just very happy. She makes me happy. and It's a very healthy relationship. Yeah. So we had a date night the other night. And I don't know. We just like, we didn't go anywhere because both of us were tired. And we just like sat and talked and had takeout. And we just like laughed all night. Hmm. Um, so it's just, I don't know. It's just nice. It's just nice to, you know. Be happy, be in a loving, healthy relationship. Hmm. So maybe one day I'll know that happiness. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like this is I mean it's not in the grand scheme of things, like two years is not long, but it's the That long, is long. It's the longest relationship I've ever been it's in. It's in lesbian years? Oh yeah. It's like yeah. fifty years probably. Yeah. You gotta 20. you gotta raise it to the lesbian power. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Ten? Uh, oh my god, that'd be too much. Let's just put lesbian. Like a lesbian as a new number. So two, the carrot L. The carrot, a, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, two to the L. Okay, two well, to the L. Not the actual L, you know. Oh my god! Oh my value. god! I, okay. Okay. <laughs> Please don't do not descend into some nerdy. Okay, but yeah, just like two to the lesbian. Yeah. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! This is is um. Devastating news. Oh, God, Nikita. You they are taking Frasier off of Netflix. I can't believe you. Did. I'm cutting that. No. I am. You have to leave it in. You're the only person that. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. So many people love and adore a well-written, timeless, one of the longest-running spinoffs on TV. Oh, my God. I, I, I saw the news. And I was on my lunch break, and I literally yet out, let out a yelp. I was like, ah! <laughs> what? Y'all, Nik- Nikita is so small and irate over this. I'm like, devastated. <laughs> you sound like... I'm like, well, I, I almost want to write somebody at Netflix and be like, who do I talk to <laughs> about this? How do I stop this? They probably lost the contract. You know, they only had it for so, so they, many they years. They need to get it the fuck back. It's devastating. Devastating. You Terrible. Just, you just have to get like a hard copy so that no, way you know what. No, I don't want to have to do that. <laughs> you, you I just, I just to, want it Nikita. on my computer. It's going to happen in December. No! Like, you know, <laughs> oh my God! So, so we need to, the best way to prepare is to prepare. I'm not preparing. I'm Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to send harsh emails, <laughs> make very, very stern phone calls. You're gonna be the only person, Nikita. Uh-uh. If I if it wasn't so incredibly humiliating, I would make a petition. But I don't want to be associated with that because that's ridiculous. But if somebody feels compelled to make a petition to save Frasier on Netflix, I would not be upset. <laughs> I've seen worse petitions. Yeah. Ah I just I don't even know what I'm gonna do with myself. Ugh. You well, how would how and why would they do something like that in a civilized society? This is just it's this is nothing but sheer barbarism. That's all it is. <laughs> Nikita, you sound like Frazier right now. Oh my god. And I will not remember what he sounds like once the show goes off. <laughs> That's not true. 
I mean, I think I feel you because if Hulu ever got rid of Golden Girls, the Girl, Golden Girls, I would thank lose you. it. I would lose it. Yeah, yeah, I would lose it. It's like losing four friends. It is. Yeah. What else has been going on? With yeah. You? What else has been going on with you? Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. That's not embarrassing. Um, I've been. Um, one of my friends, two of my friends, suggested this uh, Dolly Parton's America podcast. And who, who suggested that to you? Why, what, what does it matter? Because I need to talk to them. No, people love Dolly Parton, and <laughs> oh I include my myself in that. Oh my it's gosh. so good, though. It's so good. Because, Deidre, because it no, it wasn't Diedrich. It was my, it was my uh, hey, girl, shout out to Kiafa. Oh, Kiafa. You know what, Kiafa? We're going to have a conversation about this. You know you can't be encouraging Nikita's shenanigans. <laughs> so, I've been really this. I've, it's so good, because one of the whole premise is, of the show is like so many different kinds of people who would probably hate each other and bust each other in their motherfucking jaw if given the opportunity. Like, love Dolly, love Dolly Parton. Parton. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's just very good. And I put up a status today because I'm like, y'all know my favorite genre of music is R&B. And I've been listening to like a lot of Dolly Parton and some other country music. And um, there's so many similarities between country and R&B. Please don't break them down right now. I mean, if somebody wants that, oh you can shoot us an email. Oh, my god! QueerRockPod at gmail.com or use the hashtag. That hashtag will never be a topic W-O-C on this show. Or hashtag QueerWOCPOD. Nope. I'm just saying. As long as I have the recording equipment, we will not I'm just saying. And again, things are coming full circle. Lord rest her soul. Why would Whitney Houston want to sing I Will Always Love You, a Dolly Parton song? What drew her to that? <sighs> Carrie Underwood, Before He Cheese, Jasmine <laughs> Sullivan, Bust Your Windows. Why okay. Why they want to okay. tear up niggas' cars? Okay, Nikita. I'm just saying. Um, anyway. I'll be, I'll be looking for your forthcoming uh, thesis about this. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's just like really interesting. Oh my God. I, do, I just do want to say this. And then we can move on. I can't believe she's proposing a Dolly Parton. No, so. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying we have to talk. Why do we need to talk about it if there's already a podcast? Um, overkill. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I just want to say the reason, like what, the reason I even like learned and knew about Dolly Parton is because when I was in high school, I, I saw, it was just on randomly. I saw nine to five. What is nine to five? I'm so glad you asked. This is not part of you catching us it up is, about your life. Because, because, I mean, I found this podcast and I'm really excited about it. But if it's important to you to rip away things that bring me joy, then by all means, Montanique, go ahead. And I know you don't want to like do that. You only call me Montanique when you're really, really upset. Anyway, like I was saying, Montanique. Just, anyway, 9 to 5 is a very good movie. It's like a good, like, it's a good movie about labor and gender. It's a comedy. Lily Tomlin, who's a lesbian. And li- you're like, who is Lily Tomlin? And uh, what's her face? Jane Fonda and Dolly Parton in this movie are, are in this movie. And Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin are Grace and Frankie. Oh, my. Montanique, you don't want to know joy. You don't want to be happy. That's fine. Whatever. I, I, I guess I'll stop telling people the things that are bringing me joy it's and catching no, people up. No, no, no. You know what? I'm I, just gonna I'm gonna wear a potato sack <laughs> and put and just 
you know, put some kind of sack over my head and just cower <laughs> in a corner because it seems like that's where Montanique wants No, me. wherever you can find no, joy no, in this oppressive no, society. No, I'm going to start calling you money scissors hands because no, no, snip, snip, cut, cut, no. cut, cut, cut. No, I'm going to... Machete money. <laughs> just want to chop up and take anything that I care about, that I love, that bring me a little bit of joy. What, what's happening with you? Oh, machete mashing money. Okay, I'm going to leave it all in. And I'm happy that you like are drawing these connections. I love Grace and Frankie. Thank you. Yes, Grace and Frankie has given me a lot of joy. Uh, I'm just saying, you know... Jane Fonda was, uh, she was supporting the Black Panthers yeah. and spoke out against the Vietnam mm-hmm. War. The Vietnam War. They used to call her as a pejorative Hanoi Jane. You know, Hanoi was in Vietnam because they were like, oh, look, she's a communist sympathizer. So, Nikita, you don't have to give me the like radical explanations. You could just like it. Very yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that I need to. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a labor movie. It is so it's good. Starring a lesbian. Okay, we get it, Nikita. You like it. She's not a lesbian in the film, but you know, whatever. Yeah. It's okay. And again, the song, Nine to Five, the best explanation of capitalist exploitation and the extraction of surplus value that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> okay. No, I really am happy for you. I'm just always surprised when you do this. I'm like, how old are you? I think you're lying about your age. But it's okay. Dolly Parton for the people. Um, what's been up with me? Uh, <laughs> I just did <laughs> PTSD and like a mother. Um, yeah. So there's this. There's just been. I feel like uh, in the the past three weeks, I just got hit with a lot. Yeah. Um, over and over and over again. Um, it was, yeah, it was really rough these past three weeks, y'all. Um, and then, so I guess like high point. So I was in California because I was at the National Women's Studies Association conference. Um, that conference is so life-giving. Um, and I found out about like this whole radical history of that, of like why it is so dope. Shout out to Beverly Guy Sheftall. Um, for all your work that you did, Truly. like put the community on, you know, um, in the same way that like, you know, Toni Morrison was out here editing everybody's books. Yeah. Beverly got chef was out here making sure that everybody had a space in academia for these like white supremacist women calling themselves feminists, you know? Um, so yeah. So shout out to Beverly guy chef and yeah, so I just went to the conference and um, I presented twice. One of my panels was on Missy Elliott. <laughs> um, watch out for that uh, that, uh, that anthology be- coming soon. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> and my other presentation was with all of our homies, yeah. most of which what that I met through the, the general, general body, body. sit-in. Um, just how things come full circle on co-mentoring um, and how we mentor each other through uh, graduate school because this shit is, uh, um, yeah. And so that was amazing. And so before I got there, you know, they send out these emails for all the positions that are open in the like organization. Yeah. And so they were like, Hey y'all, we still don't have like a lesbian caucus chair. Just sending this out just in case folks want to run. Why do even send that out to anybody but you? <laughs> and so then even when I got there, the first day that I was in California, they were like, still looking for people to put on the ballot for lesbian caucus chair. And so I, I was like, what the heck? 
<laughs> so I replied to the email and I was like, I would love to run for the lesbian caucus chair. However, semicolon, my presentation is scheduled at the same time, so I can't make it to the business meeting. Um, and they were like, Oh, that ain't no problem. Just that ain't know, no problem. <laughs> just write us up like what you would want us to read. Yeah. Um, to the people who are voting. And, you know, may the chips fall where they may. <laughs> So I went, I did my presentation, I leave out of my presentation. I actually forgot about the the voting happening that day because my presentation was so dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to everybody who came to that panel because the Missy Elliott panel that I got to present with one of my like mentors and idols um, or like um, possibility models yeah. in academia, Gwen Pugh. And the homie Stephanie. So, you know, it was just an amazing panel. Like, being able to, like, present with, like, your fellow sister scholar and also both of our mentors um, about Missy Elliott, you know? (laughs) So... The boo called me after and she was like, it was so good. Oh, my gosh! Yeah. It was so fucking good. I I was like, this this panel was the best one. Yeah. Yeah, best panel I've ever done. So... Uh, yeah, so I was just, like, riding that high from that. And then that night, I got an email that said, congratulations, you're the new, like, co-chair. Because it was, like, two chair positions. You're the new co-chair of the Lesbian Caucus oh for the National Women's Studies Association. Well, I can't wait for you to les it up. You know. You know. <laughs> les it down. Les it all around. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited about that. And also I just know that there's so much that I have to learn. Um, and it's only a two year appointment. And so I'm thinking, I hope that they'll elect me again because there's so much I have to learn coming from marriage and family therapy and like being adopted to women's studies that like, yeah, my first two years won't be my most effective. I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe that. That, that is Categorically untrue. Well, thanks for having faith in me. You've been a black black ass uh, girl and woman your whole ass life. That's all. The, what's that lived experience? <laughs> On I top have, of all this other shit that Montani, get the fuck out of here. I have thirty years of lived experience in this position. Exactly. I've been lesbian caucusing my whole life. I, well, I don't think that that's what you're supposed to be doing. Um, in that capacity. Uh, oh my gosh! And I met listeners at NWSA. Yes, yeah. Yeah. It was it was like so funny because both of them were like, "Oh, you probably get this all the time." I was like, "No, I get this. <laughs> you should have been. Like, mm, I, no, I do. I do. No, I get do. this never. Like, it's, it's not true. No, but we only bump into listeners like every now and then in a specific. Like, obviously, yeah. there will be listeners at the national conference for women's studies. Yeah, you know, it's like it's only in those specific. Specific targeted places that yeah. we bump into listeners, but that was like amazing, and they were both dope as fuck too. So Aww. thank y'all, y'all made my day that day, um, and also like affirmed my outfits because I have not been feeling very cute lately. I haven't taken a lot of Instagram um, content lately, and so thank y'all for telling me that I looked cute. Oh my gosh! And I met Doctor Shock. I was gonna say, I saw that picture. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna I was wondering talk if talk about, about a baddie. Yeah, truly. She, she was like floating through the um the foyer at yeah. the conference. And I was just like the way she mixes like femme with like really hard, like yeah. hard femme looks. I'm like I need to try doing that a She's little bit so more. She's so cute. She's like, so cute. Like 
Tim's with like this flowy little dress. Oh my I'm god! Like, oh my god! <laughs> Hell, I'm not even whip that out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, she was amazing. It was so great to meet her. And uh, congrats to her. She just got tenure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She got tenure actually while she was at the conference. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so congrats. Yeah. Welcome to the three point four percent. Is that the amount of people? The amount of um, tenured faculty who are women of color. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I've, wow. Fuck, that is low. Yep. Wow. Didn't mean, didn't mean to make that. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Back to you, Nikita. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you just took the wind right out of whew, somebody's I mean, sails. Yeah, I mean, that's, what, that's yeah. what, you know, we look like. Yeah. Yeah, so I did that. And then I just, like, came back and campus was on fire. Uh, yep, electrified. And, yep. So I have been, I've just been doing that the last week and a half. Oh, I've just been gallivanting to San Francisco, going to important conferences, <laughs> looking f- fly, looking fierce, meeting all these wonderful <laughs> black feminists, and come back and engaging in an electrifying student movement. <laughs> oh, you know, it's a regular week. <laughs> Nick, shut up. Adam, I'm talking about fucking Frazier and Dolly Parton. <laughs> You being a mover and motherfucking shaker. I'm trying to shake the table about trying to get a, a show that ain't been on in years. Okay. I'm not going to go down this hole. That's Well, when you say it like that, it does make it sound well, like... When you say it like that, you, you do nothing. <laughs> no. Loser ass bitch. That's not what I was trying to say. It's it like, was a subtext. When you, <laughs> when you reframe what I've been yeah. doing in the past two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, your girl is about to write these clinical implications up and be finished with my dissertation Ooh, this I'm week. I'm so excited. Yeah. I took the whole week off. First of all, I'm so glad that I did because I need it after the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just really need to... Rest? Rest. Rest is important. I just really need to like knock it out. Like I've been like str- struggling and dragging along these last six pages um, and I just need to knock it out. And so I'm going to do that this week. And I will defend next semester. I can't wait. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. All right. Let's see. Oh, I have another cat. I think we've talked about Riot on here. And if they haven't, if you haven't talked about him, they've heard his ass jangling through the episodes. <laughs> um, he he is, you know, destroying my property and doing all the things that a kitten does and re-re- is not pleased. She's not. Um, so, you know, we're coping. Yeah. <laughs> she probably about to call the, the cat version of Kamala. Cat Mala, <laughs> lock his ass up. Cat Mala? <laughs> <Wow>. Lock him up. <laughs> not Cat Mala. Wow. <laughs> lock them niggas up. <laughs> That's exactly what Riri's thinking. <laughs> I'm kidding. Ruby's a uh, prison abolitionist. <laughs> she better be. <laughs> the way I raised her. All right. Now it's time for our final segment, Curved Chronicles. Curved, 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 curved. Where we talk about the dating woes and wins of being a queer woman of color. Um, or your dating woes or wins that you can submit either using the hashtag QueerWOC or... QueerWalkPod at gmail.com if you want to send us your dating stories or questions. Yes. All right. 
I actually have something that I would like to discuss. Ooh. Let's get into it. Look at you perked up. Peel back the layers. So. Get deep into it. I. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed that (laughs) I get a lot of questions around or surrounding hygiene from people who are like interested in me. And I think this is a fat girl phenomenon. What? What do you mean? Questions about hygiene. All right. I, I thought of examples. Um, so I've had somebody ask me, where do I keep my cat's litter box? Because they're like, oh, I just want to know if you like stepping on um, litter as you're like trying to get dressed in the morning. What? I'm like, excuse me? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, you know, maybe they just ask people. Like somebody who was interested? Yes. What a weirdo. Somebody who I was like talking to. So it's like, mm, maybe they just ask people who have pets this. But yeah. no, because I got other kind of questions about like um, like body hair, for example. Like uh, like they, I've had, I've had a person I was talking to, a woman I was talking to literally like rub me and be like, oh, you missed a spot. As far as body hair. And they're like, you, I hope you ain't missing no spots with the, um, like the loofah or the washcloth or something like that. I'm like, excuse me? Excuse me? Excuse me? What? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or, um, oh, I'm just going to hop in the shower uh, before we get in the bed. Uh, you want to hop in the shower with me? And I'll be like, oh, nah, I shower. Like, because usually if I go out. Like, if I go to the club or something or go to, like, an art, whatever I go to, I usually shower before. Yeah. Like, I get dressed or whatever. So, when I come home, I just take my shit off and get in the bed. Mm-hmm. But they'll be like, oh, you ain't going to shower? Mm-hmm. So, you just be getting in the bed with the day on you? I'm like, excuse you. Like, I took a shower this morning yeah, before yeah, I went yeah. to work. I took a shower before I went to the function. Even though that's none of your business. Right. Yeah. Or... Lit, like literally asking, um, when the last time you washed your um, your linen like on your bed? They be like, I might wash my linen like two, three times a week. How often you wash yours? I'm like, do do non fat women get these many questions about hygiene? Hygiene, huh? Like it's I I literally thought about it when I went on that Tinder tomato date because like she was asking me too about like um. Yeah, about just, like, hygiene stuff. Like, basic hygiene stuff. And I'm, like... And it just made me wonder. Like, I wonder, is this a way that, like, fat phobia is, like, playing out when I'm dating? Because I just don't... I just... I've been around my friends who are, like, either not as big as me. So they might still be, like, thick, but, like, not as big as me. Or who are thin. Like, people would consider small. And I've never heard anybody, mm. like, get these kind of questions. Yeah. So, I just... Why are you, why are you looking at me I've, like that? I've, I've never thought about it. So, I'm thinking about it. Mm. I mean, I think that. I think there's... It's probably absolutely... People be totally shocked. They be like, oh, my God, you smell so good. And it's not. it's not like a... Oh, you smell good. Because yeah. I could tell the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This girl at the airport when me and Pam was flying back, she was like, You smell delicious. 
Well, do you have an episode? You can get a taste. Um, that's different than oh my god, you smell so good. Yeah, that's like you shocked. Like you thought I was gonna smell some other kind of way. I mean, absolutely. I mean, of course. Obviously, there's this trope of like, yeah, fat people being like dirty. Yeah, and unclean. So, yeah. I'm sure that's a piece of it. I'm yeah. sure that's happening somewhere in the mm-hmm, midst. Mm-hmm. Whether they know it consciously or otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. It just I, I had just been thinking about it so much after the tender tomato date. I was like, first, the two things that were left on my mind after that was, she ain't even offer me no weed. Like, she yeah. just went out yeah. to smoke. I was like, and another thing. Like, you don't get to ask me all these, like, personal hygiene questions when you ain't even making me dinner. I was like, like you, didn't we're not, you didn't even cook nothing. You didn't even cook. make nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just something I've been thinking about. It's like, hmm, I wonder if people with smaller body types get these kind of questions about their hygiene. Like, she wasn't even cooking. And she's like, oh, it ain't no uh, cat hair on your clothes and stuff. I thought you was going to be covered in cat hair. Why would you think I was going to be covered in cat hair? <laughs> what kind of? That's ridiculous. Why would, why would you think that? Yeah, or like, oh, because I, you know, I make my own shea butter, yeah, and it's it's mostly I started making it because like I was just freaking allergic to all of that bath body works, all that shit. It would just break me out, um, or like literally give me chemical burns, and so I started making my own shea butter, and she she said something I can't remember like exactly, but it was just like, um. Well, I like to I like to know that my my stuff is like clean, so. I you know I'll stick to my like Jergens mm. or whatever. And is I'm that like, why? Is that why you don't cook nothing? You have to clean no dishes. <laughs> yeah, it's just like all these little shady remarks or questions about like hygienic stuff, and I'm just like, huh. Have you ever um, asked them? Like, um, why are you asking me this? Yeah, I asked uh, somebody directly because it was in this string of things, right? So we were walking. And we were just, like, walking around their city. They were showing me around. And they were like, yeah, you know, I really like dating, you know, like, active women. Like, women who, like, walk around and, like, like to go hiking and mm-hmm. stuff. As we're walking in around. The in the walking. midst of doing that, yeah. right? And so I was like, um, yeah, I like doing that shit. Yeah. That, hence to why I'm doing it with you right now. Yeah. And they kind of, like, looked at me, like. Caught themselves, I guess. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, why would you say that? Yeah. And they was just like, oh, well, you know, well, I mean, you're not the first big girl. And I'm like, okay, oh, that's what this is about. Because, yeah. like, you don't think that fat girls like to walk? Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't. Or do any kind of, like, physical, physical activity. activity. Even though we're we're currently on what yeah. I would call a date yeah. where we're doing that. It's, you're not rolling me around the ground. <laughs> like, what in the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> So, and you know me, I just pulled out my file. I was like, and another thing, when you yeah. said when you said this, this, and this, that felt like you said that because I'm a big girl too. Yeah. And what did they say? How they they were like, they said something like they wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about like that when I asked you that. But you were just thinking, you, if I would have let this comment pass, you wouldn't have said you were thinking about it now either, yeah. but you obviously were. Right. And, like, I mean, that's how ingrained all the shit exactly, is. Exactly, exactly. That, yeah, you may not, like, actively be thinking about it, but... Mm-hmm, but it's impact. It's there. Yep. Yeah. 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 But just as an update, I'm off of all the apps. So, like, uh, the Tinder, what do you call that? The Fright Night thing, That was that's over. So, I deleted the app right after that ended. Oh. Um, yeah, I went out to San Fran, got no play at all. 
So. I mean, were you like looking though? I was. I, I'm always, when I go to this, uh, this is how I think about it in my head. Like, if I can't find Bay at the National Women's Studies Association yeah. Conference, where the hell I'm going to find yeah, yeah, them? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, okay, the, this is these are queer women of color. That, I mean, not the whole conference, but the people that yeah. I'm interested in who are interested in like the exact same things I'm yeah, interested yeah, yeah. in. Who are self self identified feminists, yeah, yeah, yeah. black feminists yeah, yeah. or womanists, you know? Um, and so I'm like, okay, maybe, you know. Right. And I'm looking around, and people literally like walked up to me and would be like, "I'm sorry, like I was staring. You're cute." Yeah. And I'm like, "Dang!" Oh, and so then that's, that's no, that's they were just like no play then flutter off into the like conference, never to be seen or heard from again. Oh my God, I mean, it's not like you act like you just were like invisible the whole time. That's not the case then. I mean, I'm obviously not invisible. I mean, oh, oh my god, what you mean? What Montanay? You're the baddest bitch that's ever been in the galaxy. I'm not the galaxy, but <laughs> I mean, I'm. I know that I'm cute. Yeah. Um. Sure. And and not only am I cute, but I'm also like. I'm pretty darn smart. Yeah. And so like I can have a conversation. Yeah, 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 I'm funny, yeah, yeah. all these things. And I'm I'm five ten and a big girl. Yeah. You know, so it's like you're gonna see me in a space. I right. know and I you know, I was wearing platforms and all this stuff. So it's yeah. like I know you see me. Um, I never feel invisible. Um, but it's just it like It didn't go like things didn't hello, go anywhere. Yeah. But that's not the same as like no play. Like no play is like nobody that said is it, no play. It's not. It's my definition of no play. Okay. You just wanted to just be having orgies in the lobby? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, if you're going to have an orgy in a lobby anyway. I went to a... An orgy? No, I went to a lesbian party. It was like a day party. Oh, how was that? Um, everybody was so skinny. Oh. Like, so skinny. Yeah. And that's, that's all that stood out to me. And, um... I don't know. I don't. I, I. You know. I was just visiting San Francisco. I don't know the like the spots. The to spots. Hit yeah. The black girl. And there's hangouts. not really time to do that. Yeah, in a week when yeah. you're there for a conference. But, um, yeah, I was. I was so so the biggest person there, and so so the darkest person there. Oh wow! I was yeah. like wow, like this. I was, you know, there were a lot of women of color. None were like even remotely dark skin, yeah. like not even close. Yeah. So I was like, wow. Okay. Um, is this really what the scene looks like? Yeah. Um, this is like San Francisco proper, though, right? Yeah. I mean, have, I, isn't what that... do they call it? Like it was downtown San Francisco and Soma. Okay. South Market. I don't know. I don't know to think about the area. Oh, the, the the Bay Area folks, please respond. Like, because I'm just wondering somebody if, will be like, "Oh, you should have went to da da da." Because I'm just wondering, is it one of these places where like oh, most of like the working class, you know, black and brown folks have been pushed out of? Probably. That's it looks like, like that. Yeah. And I mean, even white queers that we know who live there were telling me that it's so expensive them and their partner can't afford a one bedroom that they oh have to live God. in a studio so yeah i know it's expensive um but i guess i just think about like places like new york that that is expensive too yeah but it's not like white in the same ways i mean it depends on where you go in the city that's absolutely true yeah. So you, I mean, you probably just weren't at like the, and you know where to go in the city. I mean, you, right. you live there. And I think just walking around, 
Like, I see enough body diversity that I don't ever be like, I'm the big girl. Yeah. You know? Like, that doesn't, like, really occur yeah. to me until, like, it's obvious that people see me that way. Yeah. Like, you're the big girl. Yeah. Or when I'm in a space like that where everybody yeah. is so damn thin that I'm like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Everybody is so, so thin. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, as usual, my dating life is on a hiatus. For real, though, I'm putting a moratorium on, like, dating until the end of the year. That's not that much time. Five weeks. Are you counting? Maybe. You already ready for the moratorium to be done? I am. I think I need... (laughs) (laughs) I think I just need to, like... (laughs) self-imposed, money! (laughs) Shut up! I know. Oh, when will this torture end? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you can stop it. Today. This is such a Virgo thing. But <laughs> Today. like no, no. It does this no. It has to occur. It has to for the next five weeks. You need you need some kind of like dating cleanse. Yes. Right. Yeah. I hear that. I, hear I need that. to uh, like detox, declutter. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I get that. So and as y'all heard earlier, Nikita is madly in love and is in a loving, healthy relationship. So Nothing to report you there. You, you don't know. You don't know. What you guys could be say? having to beat them off with a stick. <laughs> You're not. They could be parachuting down into my living room. Nikita, you, you are, don't know. You already said that you weren't. I'm saying people. I'm saying I'm. I'm not saying I need to be attracted to, the, to them. I'm saying people could be like coming for me in droves. <laughs> Is that happening, friend? Maybe. No. You you didn't even take the time to ask. <laughs> Except the person. Who always hits on you at the co-op. That's it. Oh, yeah. That, no, 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 no. Exactly. Well, so, I, haven't, I haven't even seen her in a long time. Well, that's the end of these Curved Chronicles. You're not even... I could have something to share. Nikita, you don't have anything to share. It's okay. You can't relate you don't know. You to don't my know. struggles. I don't have to relate to your struggles. Don't mean I still can't curve somebody every now and then. Have you curved anyone? Yes. <laughs> You curve, Nikita. None of your damn business. Exactly, because nobody. I think the only people I'm curving are men still. I don't know why that travesty You is know right. men don't count. <laughs> oh, whoa. I, I don't mean that. She doesn't mean that. I do mean it. I mean I, it for every ounce of my being. I appreciate the three uh, men that probably listen. <laughs> you are valued members of our community. Unless you're on some fuck shit, then you'll go the way of Kent. <laughs> I, I, I did had I had to curve a weirdo in Pennsylvania. Again, Nikita. I had to curve a weirdo. Men don't count. Okay. Okay. Say it with me. I'm not repeating that. <laughs> Why don't they count? Because unless it's like. Uh, over the top like everybody's constantly curving men like whatever <laughs> except for a power <laughs> i hope the word cleared up some stuff yeah. about what's been happening here and why you haven't heard from us yeah we've been working away out of town conferencing being lesbian caucus co-chairs i mean oh my god shut up nikita being, uh, I guess, were we aunties of the movement? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and we we just love y'all, and it feels truly, so good truly. to come back. Not just because I love Nikita and I haven't seen her in so long, but also because I love y'all. And um, I was start you know my anxious uh, perfectionist uh, controlling ass was just like the episodes, but uh, it was a much needed break. A break, yeah. and so. Yeah, I hope y'all still love us as after we post this. Yeah, but They're like love should have made y'all record last night. <laughs> Nikita literally wasn't here, and I had no capacity to yeah. do another solo episode. Yeah. Like I just physically couldn't do it, y'all. It's so, a lot. It's really a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, and um, you know, I was traveling, and you know, just real life. I don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> So one of the things I was uh, I was talking to money about, and I was talking to my ther- therapist about it because I was feeling really neurotic um, about the show. It's like we really do try to put a lot of time mm-hmm. into the show. It's like we don't want to just we don't you know want to do the surface thing. We really do try to go deep, mm-hmm. you know, and we try to be expansive. And it takes a lot of time mm-hmm. and preparation to do that. Yeah, and it's hard to do that when you you know. Are trying to survive in the quite world. Quite literally. Quite literally, y'all. Yeah, so like, we hope that yeah. you all can understand and forgive us. And if not, well, fuck you. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're all right then. So, um, fuck you. <laughs> Your daddy. No, I'm yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> this has been money, and I just want to reiterate. That Kent Severud should resign as chancellor Bye, and president Kent. of Syracuse University. Kick Kent to the curb. <laughs> what's what's going to be the chant? <laughs> yeah. This campus is like the Kent Klux Klan. So Ooh, he needs go. to go. Yeah. So this has been Montanique. Money. Wow. I never said Montanique before. Feels weird. Um, this has been Money. The serial... Student sit-inner. And this has been Nikita, the bolt-breaking bitch. And you just listened to Queer Walk, the podcast. Hashtag Kent Gotta Go. <laughs> With audio support from no one, because we cannot depend on anyone to do things right. So we do this all by ourselves, much to our own sometimes mental health, but we, some- we love it overwhelmingly, and we love you. 